intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you hey good morning Good day, good afternoon, whatever time you happen to be watching this. Thanks for joining us here on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast with our host, Chris Harris, and myself, John Farquhar. And uh, hey, we're here to have a little fun. We always like to have fun. I'm sure you like to have fun. So hey, let's have fun. Yay! We're going to talk about training. The last podcast that Chris and I were talking on, we talked about preventable measures with regards to having an incident or a collision. So today we thought, well, hey, let's kind of follow that theme a little bit and uh, let's talk about what should we do after the fact if we've uh, found an incident that's preventable? How do we get that message to the drivers? Well, it's through training. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. So sit down, grab your coffee and join in. Yay! Training! Training. Doesn't everybody love training? That's exactly what I was going to say. Everybody <laughs> loves training. The drivers love it. The yep. safety department loves arranging yep. it. Oh, my Exactly. God. Operations loves telling drivers, hey, we got you scheduled for training. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to the dentist. <laughs> Don't you like going to the dentist, Chris? <laughs> well, not when uh, I do when they go, hey, everything's good. Get out of here. Yes. Good checkup. Here you go. Here's your new toothbrush on your way. Yeah. Uh, but yep. if exactly. I have to sit there and let the dentist do their thing. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's where I guess it, it, it's, uh, it's a challenge when providing training for drivers and, and staff and whatnot. We, we need to make it fun. We've got to make it interactive. We've got to make it enjoyable so that the, the drivers will enjoy being there and learning something new. So that becomes the challenge for those that are delivering the training. Well, yeah. And, and it's funny you say that because I'm doing a driver meeting tomorrow. Can you imagine an in-person driver in-person. meeting? Yay! <laughs> I have Interaction an- with people. I haven't done a two-hour to two-and-a-half-hour driver meeting in, like, two-and-a-half years now. Wow. I honestly, I'm trying to think, what am I going to say for two-and-a-half hours that (laughs) will keep them, you know, somewhat uh, interested? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yep, fun stuff. John, maybe we should start off with why is training so important? Well, it's, it's, it's important because it helps us hone our skills. It helps us hone raise the bar in our knowledge. Skills. Yep. It helps us be better at what we do, you know, and it helps us break bad habits. All those things. Why? Um, well, the government says, and this is where a lot of trucking companies yep. forget, that Correct. the government says you have to. Train your employees. Um, To my knowledge, they don't say that you have to do it yearly or monthly. They just say 
you got to do it. And that's not under the Highway Traffic Act. That's under the Occupational Health or Labor Code or, or yep. somewhere around yep. there. Yep. Okay. And the Labor Code Part 2. Yeah. And, well, that's if you're federally regulated. And, of course, Ontario Correct. or in yep. each province. Occupational Health and Safety will, yeah. will cover you provincially and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. So for the drivers, just remember, this isn't a punishment. This is a government requirement. Right. Exactly. If, if you want to be the best driver possible, then you want to get the education. Think of training as education, not, you know, like you say, a punishment. Let's think of it as education. It's like, I'm going to class. I'm going to learn something new today. You know, I've signed up for a course because I want to know more about that particular topic. So that's how you need to address training is going, okay, I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to this interactive, fun opportunity to spend two and a half hours with Chris Harris of Safety Dog because he's going to give me some new educational information. Something that, well, maybe I do know about that already, but he's going to help bring it to the forefront and refresh my memory. Or he's going to share something I'm going to go, wow, I never knew that. That's great information. That'll help me prevent a collision in the future. Well, how much of safety and safety training is new? Mm -hmm. Not much. <laughs> Not much. A lot of it's still the same old stuff. You know, it, 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 I, there's been some new stuff with new technology, but when it comes down to hours of service, how to stay legal, you know, defensive driving skills, speed and space management, a lot of that stuff is still the same old, same old. But unfortunately, we have a lot of drivers that don't seem to pay attention or the companies are not providing the training. So the drivers are not getting that education that they need to hear. So what might be old to some guys really is new to other drivers because, well, they've never been provided that training before. Well, and it serves as a good reminder. Uh, I'm working on a case. So I get the opportunity from time to time to to work for lawyers and there was a 17 truck, sorry, 17 vehicle crash uh, on the 401 and right. I'm doing some analysis of, yeah. of what happened. And I, it starts off, uh, it's a snowstorm and other situation. And right. the driver that did most of the damage swears that he had a good following distance. Uh, for the conditions. He's following another company uh, truck, another truck from his company. And this truck comes to a sudden and complete stop, the one that he's following. And guess what? Now he's got to make an emergency maneuver and uh, try to avoid hitting his buddy. Uh, unsuccessful. Uh, I won't give all the details because it's in yep. court and all that. But in sure. this driver, true in his deposition, he says, I had great following distance. Um, <laughs> but that's what he believed, John. Yep. Yep. And unfortunately, in my opinion, as a safety person, yep. he didn't have adequate following distance right. because he did hit his buddy. Yep. Yep. Right, so wasn't able to stop in in the confined area that he had provided himself. Well, yeah, and he says, "Well, I gave myself extra space." Yeah, 
but it wasn't enough. Like exactly. How, how do you find ex- extra space? Well, how do you explain that to a driver when he he's of the belief, John, that he had adequate space? What would you say to him to try to get him? You know, you're laughing, and I understand. Yep. Um, yep. yep. And, and we're both on the same page. He didn't have adequate space, uh, right. or. Right. He was traveling too fast for conditions, right. whichever yeah. one you want to call it. But exactly. how would you try to convince this driver now? Because I'm doing a driver meeting tomorrow, yep. as I already said, yep. and this yep. could come up. How do I convince sure. the drivers exactly. that that space wasn't adequate, no matter what the right. driver thought? Well, I, I, I think a good challenge here is is to teach the drivers, coach the drivers, educate the drivers on what adequate space is. And there's mathematical equations for this, right? The truck travels at so many feet per second based on how fast you're going. 88 feet per second. 88 feet per second at, what, 55 or 60 mile an hour or something like that? But, yeah, you know, so I need to have so many feet per every second. And, oh, well, hang on, let's talk about how fast does it take to stop the truck, right? Fully loaded or partially loaded. You know, there's, there's perception time. There's reaction time, then there's brake lag time. All of that adds up to about a second and a half. So by the time I get my foot on the pedal and apply the brakes, before the air actually gets in there, I've traveled a second and a half. Well, at 88 feet per second, wow, I'm, I'm pushing 120, 130 feet really quick. So I need to have that buffer. And then I need that much more of what it's going to take to get this vehicle stopped. So, you know, add into what you're talking about, conditions, road conditions, environment, you know, how many seconds was he actually behind the vehicle versus how many seconds he should have been behind the vehicle. So, you know, I think that's where it's it's really important to provide those details to help a driver better understand what is adequate and what is what they think is adequate. So, Giving in, thanks for the tips, uh, because as I said, I'm doing this tomorrow. But yep. getting back to training, who else? Uh, well, I, I'll I'll just say it instead of because I don't want to stump you. But the damn insurance industry also wants yep. training. Yep, yep, exactly. Well, and 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 it shouldn't stop at drivers. Right. It, it, should, right. it should encompass everybody in the company. You know, yeah, there might be certain training opportunities or coaching opportunities that you may not share with dispatch or operations, but they still re- re- require training as well. You know, maintenance staff require training. Managers require training. How to deal with certain situations. Drivers, even safety professionals as ourselves, we love to get training because we want to know what's the new latest gadget that's going on. How is that being managed? Wow. Oh, that's a new idea how we're putting a spin on that. I want to know more because that's how we're going to educate the people we touch. And a safety manager in a company should be well well trained so that they can share that information with their people, their drivers, their operations staff. Yeah, and just when you mention new gadgets, let's give a shout out to Truck World, April twenty something. First, right? First, twenty first to the twenty third. Yeah, twenty first to the twenty third, and all the new gadgets are going to be there. Yep. Hey, Johnny, exactly. are you you showing up? I am. I will be there on Saturday. I, I I'm tied up on the Thursday and the Friday, unfortunately, but I will be there on the Saturday. Because I think I'm going to do some live broadcasts from there. Cool. Ooh, that'd right? be fun. 
I'll try to make sure I get into one of them on Saturday. Well, you will. I mean, we'll have our, <laughs> our hats. Where, where's my hat? My hat's way over there. Yeah. See, one sec. Look at yeah. that. Look, there, at, look at that. Now. Professional. Locked and loaded. Yep. Perfect. Safety gear us. So, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So, why else are we training? To be better. To always be better. Well. And we, we are considered professionals in the industry. We are. We are professional drivers. So, as professional drivers, we're held to a much higher standard by law enforcement, by the courts, by insurance companies, you know, by our peers. You're a professional driver. Why are you driving like that? You need to know better. Well, the best way you're going to learn is training. Get out there. Get some education. Attend those driver training sessions. It will make you a better driver. And there are some people who can do a driver meeting, and it's not boring as Correct. Correct. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the audience, right, the drivers that are sitting there receiving the training, don't sit there like a bump on a log and nah, fall asleep during the training. Get interactive and ask questions of the person that's providing the instruction and the training. You know, these people that are standing up in front, you know, a Chris Harris of Safety Dog who's standing there spending his well-earned time to educate you people is expecting questions, expecting interaction, because that shows you're interested, that shows you want to learn more. And then Chris can share more information with you. And we can you can bring up uh, scenarios, examples, because there's going to be some guys in the room that just aren't going to ask those questions. And that's unfortunate. Well, that, and I really think it has a lot to do with the speaker, too. Unfortunately, it does. does. Well, you can unfortunately have some really bone dry, bonehead speakers. So, yeah. And unfortunately, the message really hasn't changed a heck of a lot. Uh, You know, safe driving is slow down, give yourself more space. Right. And basically, that's my message. And it takes me two and a half hours to say it. <laughs> you know, so, and so you've got to be um, somewhat dynamic and excited. And you do. Yep. you've got to present different scenarios. And, yes. you know, we, we both got a little gray. And so. Yeah. Uh, we've got different stories that we can share with drivers that hopefully make the presentation um, interesting, but the story should highlight the problem. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yep. Right? So it's got to be opportunities to to share examples, like you say, but at the same time, also um, kind of analyze it, diagnose it, and come up with a solution. You know, there was obviously, if you got an example, there was obviously a solution for it, well, instead of giving away the solution, let's work with the people that we're sitting in front of. Give the example and say, okay, well, what would you have done differently? You know, how could this have been avoided? And help these people sitting in front of you get their little minds thinking, get the wheels going. Well, and again, when, when you say, how could this be avoided? John, what do you say? And this is uh, the struggle I have. Sometimes the driver goes, I had adequate space. I can't help it if I was on black ice. If I if the weather was so bad 
um, that I hit the vehicle in front of me. I had great space. Yep. And this is the struggle sometimes. Yeah. Unfortunately, weather is not an excuse. You know, it's still care and control of the vehicle. So, you know, so it, it, it comes back down to analyzing what were the common factors that caused this crash. You know, you think you may have adequate space, but now we've got to look at, well, let's determine what space did you have? What space should you have had? How fast should you have been going for the conditions that were happening? You know, all these things need to come into play. And, and that's where you take the analysis portion, you bring it back and treat it as training to the drivers to go, okay, you thought this, but this is what you should have thought. This is what would have been better for you to be thinking. And maybe they didn't. Maybe based on their training they had, they thought this was adequate space. But really, it, it wasn't enough. So, no, you know, and, so it's re-education. And let's talk a little bit. Tying it back to the previous video where we did talk about preventability, uh, sometimes training has to be remedial. In other words, um, not punishment, but a re-education because a driver made an error. Yep. Again. Exactly. Why are we doing remedial? Yep. We're improvements. Improvements. I'm going to throw this weird analogy out there. And I think it fits really well. Are you a sports fan? Yeah, somewhat. Canada lost. Who's your, favorite, uh, who's your favorite sports team? Well, right now, Team Canada for the World Cup. Perfect. Okay, so Team Canada. So what's interesting about uh, Team Canada or any team out there is they play hockey. And this team in particular plays hockey a lot. Sorry, well, I was referring not, to yeah. soccer. World Cup. Oh, soccer. Sorry. The, 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 the World Cup. The team Canada hockey team. Anyway, okay, so it's soccer. So so what are they doing when they're not playing soccer? They're practicing. Training. Practicing training, right? So in the world of truck driving, you driving down the road is practicing, right? I'm practicing my driving skills. I'm enacting them into play. I'm in the game. But if I don't play the game properly then somebody needs to re-educate me. So, you know what? When a soccer team loses and they go, wow, some bad plays here, guys. We've got to get back in the training room. We've got to work on this training opportunity and make sure we play the play correctly. That's the same thing with a driver. It's no different. I need to get better at the play, right? So I might be out practicing driving, but am I doing it the proper way? That's where the training comes in. And any great sports team out there, they constantly train. So if I want to be the best driver out there, I need to constantly train. And driving, getting experience, is not training. That's practicing. That's where you're using those skills you learn and applying them. But when you start to pick up bad habits because you're not training properly, We need to get back into the training room. We need to get back into the simulator. We need to go for road evaluations and learn, okay, I had a crash. I obviously didn't do something correctly. Help me through the remedial training. Help me be better so I don't have this again. And then for those that don't have the crash, that's where it becomes refresher training to say, guys, we want to keep your skills honed, keep you tight so that you will not have these types of incidents that other people have. Learn from other people. Don't go through the experience yourself. Yeah. Who in the hell wants a crash? 
I mean, exactly. You, it's too much paperwork, pain in the butt. Now well, I'm out of work. You know, I don't have a truck to drive. If it's my own truck, I'm in trouble. Well, even if it's a minor crash, think of the the time that you're not being paid. And as you say, all the paperwork, and then yep. you get to meet some jerk like me in an office to have an interview for us, you know, yep. how did this happen? Um, yeah. It's yep. just such a waste of energy. It is. It is. It is. You know, welcome those training opportunities to learn and hone your skills and prevent that incident from ever happening. And, and, and I always love the guys that go, wow, but it wasn't my fault. You know what? Just like we talked in the last video, doesn't matter if it's your fault. Was there something you could have done to prevent that incident from happening? Because if there was, then you weren't driving properly. There was an opportunity for you to prevent that incident. And maybe it was, I just need to back out of it. Let that car go by. You know, I don't need that space. You're the professional. You're held to a higher standard. And not just that you're held to a higher standard. You've got so much more practice because you're doing all these miles you should be the better driver, and yep. you know the destruction that a 70-some-odd-foot vehicle with 80,000 pounds can inflict yep. on everyone. Yep. So, yep. let's be honest. So, how, how, would, how would you feel if you inflicted that pain on somebody else, and now they can't go home at night? Or something happens, and now you're hurt, and your family's now distraught because you're not coming home tonight. Yeah, you know, it's so, just... You know, it does. It's all preventable. I, you and I both are on the same page. All incidents are preventable. There's no need to have these crashes if we drive properly. Yeah, I don't know whether they all are, but certainly the other people well, say like 95 percent are preventable. Well, I, I guess I look at it from both sides, right? If both parties are driving properly, they're preventable from both sides. Well, yeah. Um, I, I think the five percent comes out with vehicle component failure and yeah. different things like that. But you know, sure. certainly ninety-five percent of crashes are, are caused by human. Yeah, but these new trucks that are worth like two hundred and twenty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars—they don't have component failures, do they? <laughs> ah, you can't spend that money. They've got to be perfect. We, we hope not. <laughs> but uh, God damn. <laughs> They are expensive today. Hey, yep. Exactly. Uh, we got to wind up. What else? Yep. Anything else to say about training? Why do drivers no, need I training? Think, Who wants it? Yep. I, I think it's it's an opportunity. Open your mind. You know, think positive. Don't go, oh, training again. No. You know what? <laughs> Everybody has somebody they cheer for in a sports team or people that are really good at what they do. And Oh, by the way, who gets paid more money when it comes to sports? The guys are, that are the best at it, right? So if I continue to take all the training and improve and improve and improve, I'm going to become a better driver. People are going to see this. Companies are going to go, wow, you haven't had any crashes in five years. You haven't had any violations in five years. How do you do it? I take training. I get in there. I get constant, continuous training. I refresh my mind constantly and take whatever training I can because I want to be the best out there because I want to make the big money. And it's possible. You look at this, those veterans that have been doing this for a long time, never had a crash. You see those guys with rewards, 4 million miles crash-free, you know, no preventable incidents or anything like that. And what are they doing? 
they're getting top dollar at the company they're working for because of their experience. And, well, maybe they're a trainer now, so they're making more money than, uh, than driving. Maybe oh. they're the owner of the company now because they're not driving. You know, there's, you can progress, but you've got to stay good and be better in order to get to those top positions. Well, in some of the top positions that I'm thinking of, um, quite honestly, private fleets often yep. pay better than, oh, yeah. um, you know, the Molsons, the Tim Hortons, those guys. Yep. Molsons even well, around anymore? Uh, yes, <laughs> and, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, those yes, private exactly. fleets yeah. um, yeah. often pay uh, better, but yep. they want the cream. So Yes. Well, and, and that's where you can negotiate that a little bit because you go in there looking at a job. Well, I'm looking for a guy with five years' experience. Well, you know what? I got 10, and I'm crash-free for 10 years. Look at my abstracts. I've never had a violation. I take all this training and whatnot, and they're going to be like, wow, top drop. Let's take you for a road test. They take you for a road test, and you go, wow, their minds are blown because you're so good at your job. And when they say, okay, well, we're going to pay you 60 cents a mile, and you're going to go, no, you're going to pay me 65 cents a mile because of what I bring to the table. And they're not going to argue. There's going to be people out there that have no problem paying for more to get that top qualified driver. Yeah, great stuff. John, I think that is how we should end it. Do you want to do a quick uh, wrap-up? Hey, training, training, training. It's a good place to be. And if you're looking for assistance in providing training for your drivers and staff, get a hold of the safety dog. Chris Harris or myself, John Farquhar at Summit Risk Solutions. Our contact information is in the show notes below. We'd be happy to help you out. And thanks, John, my friend. Uh, That was John and I talking about uh, truck driver training. And I'm sure you're getting value from all this. Would you please click like and subscribe to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast? That's it for this week. Uh, John Farquhar, Summit Risk Solutions, and your co-host, Chris Harris, Safety Dog, we are gone.